0: out your notes get out your for me uh, I got my moleskin out and I'm ready to go because today we're going to be talking with Russ he is a next generation pastor of the Oklahoma City campus of the bridge while both working other jobs outside the local church he and his wife provide leadership and oversight to the ministries of the church targeting ages 3 to 25 yes that's right ages 3 to 25 that's a huge age gap he's doing it at this church plant russ has seven years of bivocational ministry experience primarily within the church plants and revitalizations he has a heart for the local church and even more so for bivocational leaders that help make ministry happen russ believes in every leader whether full-time part-time or completely volunteer russ it is our great honor to have you on the
1: call Uh, Russ, man, the the table is yours. Take it away. Man, Ryan, thank you so much, bro. I am so excited to uh, be a part of a short list of guys that have been able to uh, be speakers for the Youth Pastors Roundtable. Uh, You know, I want to thank you for the opportunity, even though I'm having to follow up Dustin Woodward from last month, man. Oh, my gosh. His call was just straight fire. If you haven't listened to it yet, go back, listen to it. It was a phenomenal, phenomenal call. Uh, but man, the youth pastors roundtable this this resource guys if you're if you 're not regularly plugged into it, I just want to say that man, you need to be on top of it, be on the calls every month because it is a phenomenal phenomenal resource whether you 're full time part time completely volunteer uh, whether you're in student ministry primarily or even if you're even in kids' ministry, whatever the case may be, this is a phenomenal Phenomenal resource. Like Ryan said, you know, I've, I've got about seven years now of bivocational ministry experience. Um, realistically, about five years of that was actually completely volunteer pastoral ministry. And it's just been over the past couple of years that God has uh, brought blessings to our church where I've been able to be brought on part time. And uh, we've, man, we've enjoyed and loved every single thing we've been able to do. You know, a lot of what I'm going to share with you guys today is based on real world experience, which is also known as Uh, mistakes that I've learned from. Uh, And a lot of what I'm going to share with you today, I had to be convinced of by other leaders in my life. You know, being bivocational means that you are more than likely stretched even thinner than some full-time ministry leaders. Uh, And I'm actually hoping that some of the guys on the call today, or maybe you're listening on the podcast later, I'm hoping that there's not just part-time guys, but also full-time guys that are listening in, because more than likely at some point, you're going to be in the trenches with someone that is bivocational. If you're if you're the youth pastor at a larger church and you're able to bring on somebody part-time as an associate or as a worship leader, um, man, I hope that this gives you some insights today into some different things that you can help them navigate. And so today, I want to help you reprioritize. I want to encourage you, and I want to be a resource for you. Uh, I'm going to throw out two kind of overall uh, encouragements, and then I'll get into some more practical insights. I'm going to be very practical today um, because I think that when you're talking about vocational ministry, uh, it's just a very, it's, there's some very practical insights um, that I think will be, be very beneficial. So encouragement number one is this. Your paycheck, parentheses, or lack thereof, uh, is not a reflection of your value. Man, I don't care the size of the church you're in, whether you get paid 10000 a year or $10 a month. You know, you bring value to your team, and God has placed you in that assignment because he wants you there. If you're truly passionate about ministry, uh, you're, you're going to put full-time hours into it no matter what, whenever you can. So don't allow the enemy to poison your thinking and, and kill your effectiveness by causing you to think that you aren't valuable to your church, your team, uh, you know, your city. Don't, 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 don't allow the enemy to change your mindset um, and make you think that you're not valuable because you don't make a lot of money off of this passion of yours. Tell that to every soul that you've discipled or led to Christ, man. If you were to go to them and say, man, I just don't feel like I'm all that valuable because I'm not paid full-time, I guarantee you that those kids, those students that you've led to Christ would, would probably argue with you a little bit on that because you've been incredibly valuable to them. The second encouragement is this, man, that the weight that you carry is more than some people can handle. Now, here's the, th- here's the thing. I, I don't want to turn this into some kind of us-versus-them mentality, Okay. Uh, It's not the part-time guys versus the full-time guys. We're all on the same team. But like I mentioned earlier, you are more than likely stretched a lot thinner uh, than a lot of full-time guys can even understand. You're probably putting in 50 to 60 hours a week to pay your bills and make stuff happen. That's just the reality of it. And that's to be respected. That's to be commended. I commend you guys for being willing to put in those kinds of hours and that kind of time. You know, I've met so many people on my journey that I used to be envious of. I used to think, man, they're so much better than me because they have a full-time job in ministry. I used to think that. And then I thought about the places that God had brought me to. You know, there's nothing more difficult than church planning, And I've now been a part of three church plants. And every time God has brought them to a place where they got a little more established, maybe they got um, a little bit, uh, maybe, they, maybe they started to get to a place where they were looking at a permanent facility um, and, you know, all of those kinds of things, God has changed my assignment. And I see it now as a sign of the character that God has allowed me to develop rather than me not being good enough for full-time pay, man. Because like I said, the weight that you carry right now is more than some people can handle. So just know that, man. Know that you're doing heavy lifting. Know that you are walking a path that some people aren't strong enough to walk. And so you are to be commended for that, man. So I've got uh, five really practical kind of insights for you guys. Uh, And then we'll go into some questions here in a little bit. Um, These are, like I said, going to be super practical, um, but I think that hopefully they will provide some insight for you guys just into some lessons that I've learned along the way. So uh, practicality or, or practical insight number one is this. Maintain the main line. You know, your relationship with God is the most important thing, bar none. And you've probably heard this before, but your ministry is not your relationship with God. You know, being bivocational means that you probably have even less margin. And so you've got to prioritize your time with the Lord. You've got to fight for it. You've got to find the time in your day that works for you and stick to it. You've got to be disciplined about, about how you're studying. You've got to be disciplined about, about the, 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 the resources that you're using. You can't just expect for growth to come to you. Because you are bivocational, because you've got different things pulling at you at all times, man, You've got to be intentional and fight for that growth. And I believe firmly, man, that the Lord is going to use people and resources to grow you, to help you uh, become a better leader, um, a a better pastor. But, man, you've got to fight for it. You've got to maintain the main line. The second thing is this. Fire your inner boss. Fire your inner boss. This is all about that voice inside your head, that voice that says that you could do so much better that you're not up to snuff, that you're not good enough. And, you know, you're probably going to be one of your own worst enemies. You will be your own worst critic. So I'm going to encourage you today with this idea. Take the pressure off of yourself. Remember that God gave you this assignment. You didn't earn it. You don't, you don't deserve any of it. This is a high calling and a high honor that you've been given. And so all that you need to do is focus on being faithful, man. Focus on being faithful with what you have. And fire that inner boss. When you start to think, man, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not doing good enough. I could be so much better. Man, I, you know, all of these things, all these negative uh, mindsets and all these negative dialogue in your head, man, fight that back, man. Fight that back with scripture. Fight that back with prayer. Fight that back with, uh, with accountability with other people that know where you're at. So fire your inner boss. The third thing is this, protect your time. Protect your time, man. You've got to be okay with disappointing some people. You've got to be okay with breaking that unspoken social contract that every church has with their pastors. What do I mean by that? Listen, we all know that as, as great of intentions as church people have, they have no clue what a pastor's schedule looks like, especially if you're bivocational. And so, again, there, there may be parents and there may be uh, you know, groups of people in your church that, man, they're fighting for your time constantly. And you've got to learn how to navigate. And I'm not saying that you just blow them off all the time. I'm not saying that, uh, you know, you ignore them, that you block their number on your phone. What I'm saying is navigate the right times to make those responses. If somebody hits you up on your day off and you're like, bro, I haven't had a day off in three weeks, say, hey, you know what? You know, if if it's not urgent, I've got a day off today. I, I will be happy to get to this tomorrow and most of the time what from my experience parents think that these things are more urgent than they really are and so if you'll just navigate that with them i think that it'll it'll keep you healthier and it'll give you more longevity in your ministry so protect your time man um, if you have a day off protect it as much as you can and then the fourth thing is this find someone you can yell at find somebody that you can yell at you know you may not have the finances available to hire like a professional counselor Um, but that doesn't mean that you should avoid counsel, uh, man, find some people in your life that'll just listen and that they'll provide insight when they're asked to provide insight. You know, there are guys in my life that have saved my ministry career because I was frustrated about something and I, and I could go to them, uh, instead of just letting it bottle up or going and, you know, getting, getting attitude with somebody in our church, uh, the reality is is that you've got to have people that are detached from your local church context that you can be honest with, because you've got to be able to be transparent with people about where you're at. And, uh, and the best, I think one of the best resources is people that are detached from your local church. Um, not to say that there aren't amazing people in your local church, but we all know how personally people take things uh, in, in ministry and in the local church. And so if you've got a frustration with something going on in your church, uh, hopefully you, you find the right people and they'll let you know if that frustration is even valid or not. Um, but even more so than that, man, they're going to listen. Uh, and sometimes you just feel better after you've just kind of, you know, been able to get your frustration out and just be honest with somebody. So find somebody that you can yell at. And then the fifth thing is this, know your assignment. Know your assignment. You know, if God has called you to long-term faithfulness in a bivocational role, then man, you better be faithful to that. Because God's going to bless you in the long-term for your short-term faithfulness. It may feel like a long-term thing for you to go, man, I can't believe, like, God, I feel like God's calling me to be bivocational here at this church for the next five years. When you look at the scale of your life and when you look at the scale of eternity, five years really isn't that long. And, uh, and I believe fully that, that God is going to bless you for your faithfulness. However, let me just encourage you with this as I wrap up. If you're on this call, it means that you're passionate about what you do and you want to keep growing. And to me, that's a good sign that you deserve to be full-time one day. Maybe you haven't heard that before. Maybe uh, you, you've been in a local church context where, you, again, you feel like all you deserve is to be vocational. Can I tell you something? If you're passionate about students, if you're passionate about the ministry, and if God has called you to it, I, I can almost guarantee you that at some point down the line, you deserve to be in full-time ministry. And listen, I needed somebody to tell me that. I, 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 and, you know, I, my season of bivocational ministry has been incredible. Um, I love it. I love what I get to do. Um, but, man, we've all got to know, looking down uh, into the future, man, what, what God has intended for us. And so you got to know your assignment. You've got to know uh, you've got to be okay with staying, and you've got to be okay with going. It may be soon. It may be later on. But be okay with your assignment changing when the time is right. Uh, whether it's a different church, whether it's a different role, um, whatever it may be, man, listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit. Let him guide you and, uh, and get wisdom and counsel, like I said, from other people. Um, and I just fully believe that, man, God has got something even greater in front of you than what you have right now. And, and you being who you are, carrying the weight that you carry, being bivocational. Um, man, like Ryan said, I, I, I feel the pain of, dude, uh, having to take personal time to go on camps. You know, like that stuff, not everybody's cut out to be able to do that. And, uh, and I fully believe that God is going to honor your character, and that God is going to honor uh, the faithfulness that you, that you put in now. So, Ryan, that's all I got, man. Yeah, that's that's great,
0: Russ. Thank you so much for for getting this thing started. Um, I got a couple questions for you. Um, talk to us about staying encouraged. Um, what are some things that you go to? What are some things that have really helped you? Uh, I mean, there's got to be some time. I mean, I, even full time guys, you know, are there's times where you're just, you know, you're 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 just needing some encouragement. What are some of your go to encouragements? Maybe you're you know you're at work. At your your whatever paycheck job you want to call that uh, and and you're like man I just want to I just want to be with the student at lunch right now I just want to go to visit a campus or but I'm here and um, talk to us about kind of getting through those moments um,
1: you know what what keeps you encouraged yeah man i mean i've I've definitely had those moments those moments of frustration those moments of discouragement and uh, and I think that uh, there's a couple of things. One, I think that you've got to be confident in in the call of God on your life first and foremost. Um, it doesn't surprise God, it doesn't frustrate God that you're having to work another job right now. Um, if you're truly living in the assignment that God has for you, God's mindful of those things. And so, uh, man, I just believe, even though again, there's that frustration of man, I just want to be with the student right now. I think some of that is passion. I think some of that might also, for some guys like like me. Um, I had, like I said, I had to fire my inner boss, and so I had to take that pressure off of myself to perform uh, and to show my value. Um, <clears throat> but I think, man, you've got to be confident in who God has called you to be in the season that God has given you, um, even if sometimes, like you, like you mentioned it, I mean, it just really sucks, let's be honest. Um, I think the second thing, too, though, is just, like I said, having those encouraging people, you know, like I've got guys that at any moment I can send them a text message and go, hey, bro, here's what I'm struggling with right now. Um and you know, there's times where that turns into a long discussion and there's times where that just turns into praying for you, dude. You know, but I think that in those moments you've got to have those people that you can reach out to, uh, that can serve as uh people to maybe pull you up out of out of uh out of the water for a little bit and, and let you get get a get a breath in. Um <clears throat> because that's that's part of the problem there is that being bivocational vocational means that you're just in it constantly. Um you're just constantly in something else you've constantly got something else pulling at you, and so sometimes you just need somebody to come pull you up and give you a breath of fresh air um so I would say man you're you're encouraged by being confident in who you are and who God has called you to be and uh and by having those people in your life um that they may be in your local church they may not be um but those people in your life that that you know can serve as an encourager in your life definitely
0: yeah, that's great, that's good now, okay, let's talk about you you're, you're by vocational, right? You're so you're you're working at a church plant, helping out. Um, you're working other jobs, and I know that you're you've been pretty scrappy. You've been kind of working, uh, you know, some media jobs, some coffee jobs, things like that. Um, just making it happen, making it happen. But now you're a, a fairly new dad, okay? Um, so now you're throwing that into the mix, okay? So talk to us about that. What's that transition been like? Um, going from, okay, I've got I've got this paycheck job, I've got this passion job, and now I've got a family. So walk us through some of that. What's that transition been like? How are you balancing that as well? Uh, so h- help us out with that.
1: Yeah, well, like I said, I mean, this is one of the areas where I made a lot of mistakes early on. Um, <clears throat> I, I explain it to people this way. You know, I think that when I was in my early 20s and my wife and I had just gotten married, you know, we were both on the same page about, man, let's just go nonstop. Um, Let's just do ministry, do work, like we'll be good. Um, But man, having a kid is a total game changer. And so I I think for me, again, like I said earlier, you've got to be okay with disappointing some people um, because ultimately your priorities have to be God, family, and then ministry. That's the way that it's got to be. And uh, and again, I, I had to learn that in some really hard conversations early on, um, nothing to where like my, my marriage was at risk or anything like that, but just some really honest conversations of of, of my wife going, listen, I don't, I don't really like the person that you are right now, um, because mm-hmm. I was in, in trying to provide for my family and do what I was passionate about. I wasn't spending any time with my family. And so I had to reprioritize some things. I had to shift some things around. Um, And I, like I said, I just had to cut back, man. I had to have an honest conversation with my pastor and just go, look, here's where I'm at. Um, You know, with my son being in the picture now, I think I need to scale back on some things. And he was very understanding of that. I I think that, um, I I think that any pastor that is going to have part-time guys underneath them on their staff, um, man, they've got to, they've got to be good at being gracious in those moments and being understanding because bivocational, whether you're bivocational or not, you're probably going to be that all-in type of mentality um, where you you want to be at the church full-time, you want to be doing stuff for the church full-time. And so what I've had to learn is, man, being bivocational, I need to be okay with having people uh, grab me by the neck and really kind of pull me back a little bit um, and and tell me, hey, you need to slow down, you know? And so, yeah, I think I just had to create new rhythms. I had to create new margin in my life um, so that my son can grow up loving, not just the church, but loving God and not feeling like, uh, God took his dad away from him. Um, so that's, that's, that's a big thing for me, definitely. That's great. Now
0: you, you've spent quite a bit of your time with church planning, revitalization type situations. And as, as many of us know, uh, when you're in that context, you're in, in that position of a church you're off you're you're often very passionate about one area like for you I know you're real passionate about you teenagers specifically uh, but often that's that's not the role that you're being asked to play um, and I know for the last few years um, you you've been the kids pastor and so uh, and I don't, I'm not sure other roles that you've played but um, you know how do you kind of do that you know it's like hey I, I, I'm passionate about maybe teenagers, but I'm asked to be the kids' ministry. Maybe I'm passionate about uh, kids' ministry, but I'm asked to be the youth. And so when you're in that bivocational church plant revitalization type situations, often you're asked to be kind of everything, you know, um, kids, youth, janitor, you know, kind of all kinds of stuff. So uh, talk yeah. to us about that. How do, you, how do you stay passionate about something that maybe
1: you're not fully passionate about? And so um, talk us through that. Yeah, I mean, again, I think it's a confidence, you know, I think it's a confidence issue. I think that if you don't go into it confident in this being God's assignment for your life in this next season um, or in the season that you're currently in, uh, man, you're, I mean, it's not going to work out well. Um, The reality is, is that, you know, I think that in the past number of years, the past couple of decades, You know, we've really moved into this this season where people go into Bible college saying, hey, man, I'm called to this. I'm called to this ministry. I have a burden for this ministry. And that's great. Listen, I'm not saying that that that's invalid or that it's not valuable. Um, But ultimately, I think what we have to remember is we're called to the kingdom of God. We're called to serve God's purposes. And if God assigns me to kids ministry for a season, um, I have to be faithful to that because God obviously has my best in mind, too. He's not going to put me in a, in a situation where I'm going to be miserable for multiple years um, just to ultimately have me burn out and, and peace out. Um, man, my wife and I, we've, we have really found a genuine love for kids ministry during this time. Um, do we want to do it for the rest of our lives? No, absolutely not. <laughs> but, we've, but we've found a general love for it, a, a genuine love for it. And so um, I, I just think, man, you've got to be confident, man, if God is, if, if God is calling you to that thing then, man, you've got to step into it. And you've got to be faithful. And, uh, and I, I truly believe that God will put things together along the way uh, to help, help you either fall in love with it um, or help you manage it in a way that you're able to also focus on your passions. Um, you know, that's been, that's been a big thing for us is, uh, you know, when we started the church, you know, we had 1K through 5th class. Um, and, you know, we, we grew that. We added a pre-K class. Then we added young adult small groups, and then we added, uh, you know, a student small group. And so God has, God has allowed us to uh, grow in a way that my wife and I are able to, to also do some things that we're, that we're really passionate about during this time. So, yeah, I think you just got to be confident about it, and I think you've got you've to gotta maybe be okay with being adaptable um, and, and being teachable and being humble. Because I think that if God is calling you to that season, man, there's a reason for it. And so you just got to be faithful in that.
0: Yeah, you just got to kind of find a passion for it and uh, ask God to give it to you, you know, at times. And so, um, you know, you you talked a little bit about uh, communication, and, and I know you work with, uh, I'm just an unbelievable pastor and a, and a great team, very healthy team, very open team, uh, and, and not everybody does. Uh, not everybody has that great uh, fortune to do that. And so any advice, maybe even from what you've experienced uh, in a really healthy environment, um, and then maybe we can segue to maybe if you're not in such a open, honest, you know, environment, um, some communication with your bosses, okay? Um, maybe your, your boss as your pastor and also boss as in, in you know, if you're working at Starbucks or you're working at a law firm or, or whatever, you know, can, how do you communicate with those bosses, the needs um, that, you know, what, where you're at, where you're going, some advice, maybe some things that you've done experienced um, that to help co- making sure you're communicating with your multiple bosses. And um, I know for you at times there's been times where you've worked two or three jobs um, plus uh, working at the church. And so how do you, Communicate with all of those different people and keep everybody informed um, and all that kind of stuff.
1: Yeah, I think you've got to have your priorities in, in line, uh, and you've got to be transparent about those things to every, to every boss or, uh, you know, direct report that you have. And so, you know, for us, um, every job that I've ever taken, I've always been really open and honest and upfront about, listen, this church is my priority, my professional priority, if you will. Um, and then, you know, in our church, I've always said, hey, I, I really want to prioritize my family. Um, and, and, you know, obviously, like you said, my, my pastor right now, uh, Pastor Rodney is phenomenal. Um, and he's he's got, I mean, he's an, an amazing husband, <clears throat> an amazing dad. And so I know that he uh, very much... Uh, understands and, and and honors, uh, you know, wanting to prioritize family. Um, but I think you just got to have your priorities straight. You know, like I said, God, family, ministry in that order. Um, and then, you know, the other jobs fall underneath that. Um, you know, the reality, the unfortunate reality is that sometimes the other jobs are the way that you take care of your family. And so there's going to be seasons, you know, there's going to be seasons where you may have to communicate with your pastor hey, I've got to, you know, I've got to take some extra hours, you know, at at my job because, you know, we've had some stuff come up. Um, You know, what do you need me to do? I think just open and honest communication um, is is really healthy and really, uh, really wise. And so just being honest with them about where you're at, keeping them updated, keeping them in the loop, because if you're bi-vocational, you're not going to be in the office every day. And so, uh, being being able to communicate with them in whatever way that they deem uh, is good for them. Uh, I think you've obviously got to honor your pastor. So whether it's like email or, you know, text message or Slack or whatever, um, <clears throat> just being able to communicate with your pastor about where you're at, I think is super, super important. Um, you know, in regards to like in an unhealthy environment, um, I think that at the end of the day, you've got to know your priorities and, and you've got to, man, that's really tough. Cause I've been in a lot of like really healthy situations. <laughs> I've been really blessed. Um, but I've had guys, I've known guys that have been in unhealthy situations. Um, I think at the end of the day, man, you just do you, you know, and you, you have your priorities in place. Um, you do your best to honor your pastor, to honor your leadership, to honor the people on your team. Um, but at the same time, man, you've got to, you, you know, at the, at the end of the day, what you've got to get done. Uh, and and if anybody gives you a hard time for working more hours than your other jobs, you can provide for your family, uh, man. I I don't know. There's a lot of things that I could say that I won't. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but 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 no, man. I mean, your family's got to be one of your top priorities. And so, uh, man, at the end of the day, that's that's what's most important. And I truly believe that if you're faithful in that, if you prioritize your family above your ministry. Um, that God is going to bring you into a season where you're able to take care of your family and be in ministry um, in the way that you desire. Um, But yeah, if you're, if you're in an unhealthy situation, I think part of it too is, you know, I keep going back to having those guys that you reach out to, but man, reach out to them, go, Hey, here's where I'm at. You know, like where, what are some thoughts that you may have? Um, I've got guys that I talk to that have been in like the healthiest of situations and the unhealthiest of situations. And so they're kind of able to, they're able to give me a broad spectrum of uh, different insights on things, and so I think that that's incredibly valuable. I think that having having people in your life that provide counsel um, is is super super important, even if it's not people in your church. So,
0: yeah, and I, I think uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think uh, having like some some pretty regular evaluation meetings set up, like kind of predetermined, like hey, you know, let's let's evaluate, for example. I know a lot of guys are going to college, they're in school, and, and then volunteering or, or getting a paycheck, um, you know, stipend type thing at a church for being a youth pastor. And so having some of those, you know, hey, let's at the end of each semester, let's evaluate, it. hey, here's my new class schedule, here's my new work schedule, whatever it might be that if you have those seasonal where you know, hey, every semester things might change quite a bit. So let's go ahead and reevaluate it. I know that I've been working, uh, you know, Mondays from 3 to 5 and, you know, Wednesdays from 4 all the way to the end of service. I know that I've been doing that, but I need to take a class. You know, is that okay? Can, we, can I work on Tuesdays? Things like that. You know, I think having some of those predetermined, um, hey, let's evaluate these every quarter or let's – some of those. Um, and then I think also, too, uh, for me, from what I, I would say is, is maybe, um, just asking your pastor, Hey pastor, you know, how do you want me to, before it happens, you know, kind of preloading it, you know, Hey, when a yeah. busy season comes at work, how do you want me to communicate? Um, when a busy season comes or I get that project at work, that, that last minute project that I I've got to work at, you know, or, um, I mean, I know, i I, I know some guys they, they work jobs where. They don't have a lot of control of their schedule, Um, and so there might be a Sunday that they have to work in order to keep their job, or there might be a Wednesday night that they have to work. And so I think kind of going to your pastor before and saying, hey, you know, if that happens, um, you know, what do you want me to do? How do we want to handle that? I think some of it is kind of talking about it hypothetically before it happens to kind of know what to do,
1: uh, when it does happen. Does that, does that sound right, Russ, to you? Yeah, absolutely. I think that honesty and transparency is um, is the foundation. You know, I think that <clears throat> when you're honest and transparent with your pastor, um, that, that sets you up for success, and it sets you up to be in a place where they are able to provide a lot more grace because they're in the know for the future. Um, and so, you know, I think that uh, yeah, definitely. You got to be you got to be honest and transparent with your leadership. Um, I also think that, man, you've just got to be OK with the ebbs and flows. Um, you're going to have some seasons that are busier than others. Um, and so obviously trying to anticipate those is is why is wise and, and trying to communicate those to your pastor is wise. But I think also you've just got to be ready for those, um, whether you see them coming or not. Um, there's been multiple seasons in my life where, uh, you know, all of a sudden, like out of nowhere, life just gets busy, you know, and things just happen. And, you know, maybe I've had um, maybe I've had a Monday morning meeting with my pastor that uh, we've done for multiple weeks at a time. And then I, you know, I have to be honest with him and just say, Hey, you know, I need to, I need to step off of this for a little bit. Cause I got to go do some other things with my, with my other job. Um, I think that you've just got to be transparent and open about those things because the last thing you want to do is, is have your pastor be surprised about something going on. Um, the last Mm -hmm. thing you want to do is, is if you're, if you're the youth pastor and say you've got some kind of, you know, Sunday morning, you know, whether it's a junior high thing or like a, you know, a Sunday school or whatever, you know, um, that you're doing for students, the last thing you want him to do is like in that situation you gave him walk in and you not be the one teaching that or not, not be able to find you, um, you know, all of those things, you know, he's gotta be, he's gotta be aware of, of the, the major details of stuff like that, um and, and just keeping him apprised, I think is really, really wise. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I know that this
0: might be a tough question, but I'll throw it out there and see what you say. Okay. So you're, you mentally, okay. Mentally, how do you, um, or can you keep those things divided? You know, how are you not thinking about your sermon prep or, uh, your next lesson you got to teach while you're, at your, uh, you know, marketplace job, uh, and how are you in the middle of, you know, leading a Bible study and, and preaching, not thinking about the huge project you have due tomorrow morning at your, you know, marketplace job? Uh, so how how do you kind of mentally keep those divided? Do you can you? Uh, any tips on on kind of how to mentally emotionally? kind of keep those separate or you can't and and here's some here's how you kind of juggle that
1: yeah no i'm i'm awful at not focusing on the church when i'm at my other jobs um absolutely (laughs) Uh, so but but i can tell you i can tell you how i've how i've navigated through that and not just up and left my jobs or like gotten fired um so (laughs) the thing the, the 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 thing for me the thing for me is man um I again, I have my priorities in line. um, And so I know realistically, hey, even if I hate my other jobs, even if all I want to do is be at the church full time, um, I've got to be able to be real with myself and go, hey, we're in a season right now where I can't be full time at the church. And so even if my head starts to, you know, wander over to things about the church, even if I'm I'm getting text messages while I'm at my other job um, about things at the church. I've got to be able to put those things off and and just do what I do really well. Um, I think at the end of the day, again, your family is your greatest ministry and part of that is being able to provide for them. And so, yeah, for me, I just had to come to a place where um, I had to come to a place where I had to be at peace with that. I had to be at peace and not, and not be uh, insecure or prideful or any, any of those things um, when it, when it relates to uh, honoring my, my marketplace job, um, when all I want to do is think about the church. Um, and and I'm thankful. I'm blessed. I'm blessed, man, that like my, my other jobs that I've had um, have really been uh, very flexible with me. They've been very, um, like I've, I've been able to have some really good conversations about the church. Um, I know that not every guy's situation is, is that. And so, you know, I get that. Um, but I think that, yeah, you just gotta, you just gotta know. At the end of the day, man, I'm doing what I need to be doing, uh, and I and I need to do it really well. I need to do it with excellence. You gotta prioritize excellence in everything that you do.
0: Yeah, and for me, uh, you know, I've had some uh, people that that have worked for me directly that are part time, and I think one of the things coming on the other end of um, someone who who's kind of employed some part time people in the past. I think one of the things that, that has really helped me is, like we talked about earlier, them communicating to me. Um, for example, we've got a guy that uh, works with us, and, and the, the company that he works with is, is pretty pretty uh, big about not being on his phone while he's working at his job, um, so not responding to text messages, not responding to emails. Well, uh, I just know that if, if I have a question for him, we've talked about it and I can go ahead and email him or text him during the day, but I'm not going to expect a response until six o'clock at night, um, or maybe on his lunch break. Um, but you know, I, so I'm not frustrated. Well, why text him at, you know, two o'clock. Why is he not responding to me? Um, I'm, you know, and so I, I kind of, we've already talked through that and he's just told me, look, the job that I have, i'm I, they're really big on me, not, responding to text messages and things like that during the day uh, and so i it's not a big deal to me i i just i know that um, that that's what it is and we've we work around it and so i think again some of that upfront communication over communicating um i know for me has been really helpful um and for me i i've to tell them hey guys I understand you're part time. I understand I'm, I'm I'm paying you for 10 hours or 20 hours, whatever it might be, um, and so if I if I'm asking too much or uh, you know demanding too much, man, please please tell me you know please tell me hey um, you know I, I'm not able to respond or whatever it is. And so um, I've tried to as an employer try to open that door, um, and so I think it's important for guys that are bi-vocational, again hey can i you know ask their pastor hey can i come to you when it's when there's too much or things like that and so russ what are some resources that have helped you uh through this time again um some of these guys are you know they're getting paid stipends you know for basically gas stipends or they're getting paid you know for 10 hours a week you know and so uh, and like you said, they're working 40, 50, 60 hours a week at their marketplace job. Uh, what are some resources that have you, you've used or that you would suggest people looking into to kind of help them with sermon prep or small group material or even just their personal development, things like that?
1: Yeah, I mean, man, I, I definitely think, um, you know, you can't, you can't be afraid of curriculum. Um, I know that curriculum – uh, you know, to some, some guys, they're like, Oh man, like, I don't want to do curriculum cause it's not, it's not mine. It's, you know, I want to do something that's, that's true to us. And I get that, you know, but man, there's definitely been seasons where, uh, whether it's been stuff from like new spring or elevation church or life church, those are all just the free ones. You know, um, we've taken those things and made them work for us. You know, we've taken those things and, and made them true to our culture and true to who we are. And so I think you've, you've got, because the thing is, is like, um, you, you know your heart. You know you know the direction you feel like God wants uh to take your student ministry in. Um and so <clears throat> I, I can almost guarantee you there's gonna be a curriculum out there that, that kind of talks about that topic. And the benefit of that is let's let's be honest, sermons are uh one of sermons are one of <laughs> sermons are one of the least important things, uh, realistically in the life of a pastor. It's the thing that everybody looks at and they go, Oh man, like Oh, he's such a great communicator, and that's great. But re- the, re- the reality is, is that the sermons um, are a great reminder of God's truth. They're a great way to uh, have students, uh, you know, hearing the Word of God. But ultimately, the, the most important thing you can do as a pastor is be in relationship, be in relationship with your leaders, be in relationship with your students. And so using curriculum is going to allow you more time to be able to pursue relationship. And that's always been something that I've been really big on. Uh, I've always been really big on, man, I'm going to sacrifice in the area of maybe some creativity, maybe sacrifice in the area of, uh, you know, coming up with my own stuff, because I, you know.
0: Russ, are you there? We may have lost you. Well, It looks like we lost Russ, so let's wait a little bit and see if he's able to jump back on but uh appreciate you guys listening looks like russ may have lost his connection um so just kind of recap something talking about Bible vocational ministry here and uh, one of the things that russ said that really stuck out to me was your paycheck is not a reflection of your value and to Really look at that and say, okay, I know I'm only getting paid for, uh, you know, $500 or $1,000, but, but man, my value in the church in the youth ministry is so much higher, higher than that, than just the paycheck. And so appreciate you guys. Looks like Russ is able to jump back on. Um, let me get him on. Mm-hmm. Russ, is that you?
1: Russ, you there, yeah, hey, where did I lose you at <laughs>
0: I, I don't remember, man, uh, resources and the importance of of
1: jumping in and making them your own, yeah, 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 sorry about that i don't I'm not sure what happened there um yeah, All no, good, but, I man. Think, man, but man, I think you've got to be okay with using curriculum every once in a while um. What it's going to allow you to do is it's going to allow you to be able to pursue relationship with people, relationship with students. Um, And so, man, if you know as a bivocational pastor that you've got a busy season coming up, um, maybe you've got a big event coming up that you're, you know, prepping for, uh, maybe the month before that you do some curriculum. And what that's going to allow you to do is it's going to allow you to spend less time on sermon prep, and it's going to allow you more time to pursue people, train people, uh, invest in people, um, so that the return on that big event is greater than it would have been otherwise. Um so I think that utilizing curriculum is is super valuable um and I think that it, you you can make it your own, you know. I think that a lot of times people are afraid of uh taking curriculum because they're like man this just isn't really true to us. But I think you can make it your own for sure. Um, the second thing is there's a couple of books that I would really recommend. Um, the first one is Addicted to Busy by Brady Boyd. Um, and this book is a phenomenal resource, not just for bivocational leaders, but but leaders in general. Um, but he talks, about, he talks about prioritizing the Sabbath. He talks about creating margin in your life. He talks about um, making, making sure that every once in a while you have what he calls a bedhead day, which is a day of rest where... You don't, you know, you don't put nice clothes on. You just kind of hang out and you rest. And so I, I think that's a great resource. And then the second resource that I would recommend is a book called, called How's Your Soul by Judah Smith. Um, and, again, just a phenomenal resource. Um, that book is really about taking self-inventory of who you are and where your soul is at, um, and so I would highly recommend those two books. Um, I think also if you're, if you're going to be a leader, if you're going to be bivocational um, and, and be successful, I think that you've got you've to gotta have, um, have as much education and training as you can. And I know that that's hard sometimes being bivocational, but there's some really great podcasts that are out there that are under uh, you know, 20 minutes or less, um, and they're really phenomenal resources. A couple of them for you. Uh, Craig Rochelle, his leadership podcast is phenomenal. Um, and, uh, he, you know, again, his are always usually under 20 minutes. Um, they're super quick. They're really easy to listen to, really easy to take notes on. I think he even provides show notes for those. Um, the second one, my pastor actually just launched one called unthinkable leaders. Um, and I think that one's going to be an amazing resource, not just for church planners, but for pastors in general, um, and even by vocational leaders, um, he's going to be bringing on some really awesome people as resources for that. Um, and, you know, I think that, Uh, even listening to other pastors, you know, being encouraged by other people communicating the word of God, Um, you know, guys like Judah Smith, you know, Stephen Furtick, I think that you've just got to make sure that you are taking care of yourself the best that you can. Um, And so those are some great resources um, in order to be able to do that. Uh, And then finally, really practically, just in regards to like time management, I would definitely recommend some kind of you know, time management tool, you know, a task management app of sorts. Um, I've used a bunch of them. You know, I've used Trello. I've used Teamwork. Um, and so I think that whatever uh, – I've used Google Keep. Google Keep's a really simple one. Um, <clears throat> but whatever whatever, uh, whatever you can do to keep yourself organized um, and to uh, prioritize the things that you need to prioritize, write them out um, so that you know – so that you know what you've got in front of you Uh, I think that that is just super super important so utilizing an app like that to really kind of prioritize what you need to do for the ministry and for your other job I think is is super super important yeah that's great I I know resources have been good I I know for four years
0: I was uh, in college full-time and uh, getting ready to the last year getting ready to get married and I was uh youth pastor as well. And I just remember, man, there's so many times where I was in class, you know, like everyone else was kind of daydreaming. And I'm like, man, I'm going to preach this tonight, you know, (laughs) and, and and taking those notes and, and uh, packing up and driving all the way, you know, my school was about 45 minutes or an hour away from where I was youth pastoring. And I remember so many times just driving and, and it's like, I got other people uh, unlocking other people setting up because I'm literally driving in, you know, and I'm getting there an hour and a half before service starts. And, and, you know, I just came out of, of class, just came out of driving for an hour and a half or whatever, you know, and, and I'm just kind of frazzled a little bit, but having to transition as I'm get driving, as I'm getting there preparing. And, and, uh, and so I think, filling yourself up with those resources, filling yourself up with um, some fresh material uh, is, is really important. And, and not being afraid of, of using some of those and, and being okay with that. I know, I know a lot of guys use uh, orange. Uh, I know that's a pretty common one. Um, and I think uh, even me, when I w- I've been full-time for, for quite a while, and uh, there was, like you, you mentioned, seasons. There was seasons where I would predetermine that we were going to use some curriculum before a summer camp or before a large event that was going to consume a lot of our administrative time or was going to consume a lot of our administrative time, um, relational time, uh, meetings, all that kind of stuff. And so uh, our time was going to be divided. And, again, like you said, we wanted to be able to to put – tons of energy into that relationship time or that administrative time. And so um, using, you know, some curriculum for that season, maybe it was three, four weeks, we would use a series and we would predetermine that because we would know, hey, you know, the the couple weeks before summer camp is is a big deal. And and for us, we were doing our own camps. uh, And so there was a lot of stress, a lot of late nights already and so having to come up with fresh material on our own from scratch and the graphics and the videos and all that kind of stuff was a little much for us Um, and so we took the stress off we took the pressure off and said hey we're gonna we're gonna go ahead and do that and um, like you said let's add our own flavor to it let's add our own illustrations whatever it might be but at least the bulk of the material is kind of there for us and uh, we're not having to do that and there's so many great resources out there right now. Um, I've told guys that, that I've met with that are bivocational, I said, man, you you don't have time to come up with graphics for every sermon series and videos for every sermon series and promo materials for every sermon series and sermon outlines. And man, just for, for whatever, 50, 100 bucks a month, ask your pastor. Uh, I know you can't pay me this, but can we supplement with some of this that to help us provide all of those materials that we don't have available. And so, uh, and like you said, there's many out there that are free. Um, you know, there's so many churches that are offering completely free now. Um, and so not being afraid of using that to help supplement um, your time. So Russ, we got a couple minutes left. Any final thoughts for us before we head out? Man, I, I
1: think that I I, I would just love to uh, encourage everybody by simply saying, man, you're better off than you think you are. You're better than you think you are. Um, again, don't allow, don't allow your season, um, your assignment, don't allow the enemy to sneak in during this time and poison your mindset, um, poison you know, who you are as a leader, because I can guarantee you this, man, um, you're either in a season right now where God has assigned you to this group of teenagers. These teenagers need you as their leader. Um, or you're getting ready to step out of that. And if that's the case, man, dude, I, I celebrate that with you. Um, and, and I'm sure that it's it's based on God honoring a, a long, long season of faithfulness um, in being bivocational. But whatever the case may be, man, um, <clears throat> you know, where you're at right now, uh, I really believe that God is honoring it. And so, uh, man, just don't be afraid of the side hustle. You know, don't be afraid of, uh, you know, I, I always joke, that uh, I you know I went to SAGU and Waxahji and it's a great school. Um, but they didn't teach me there wasn't a course on like side hustle one oh one. and so <laughs> and, and and so man, you've just got to be flexible man. Do what you do, um, do what you can to the best of your ability, but make sure that your priorities are intact. Make sure that it is God family ministry because I guarantee you that God is going to honor you for your faithfulness if those are your priorities.
0: Well, Russ, thank you so much for your encouragement and your time. Uh, man, this has been a great call. I know this is encouraging to to full time guys, uh, part time guys, vol- completely volunteer, and hopefully even uh, those leaders that are out there. That uh, I mean, I mean, we've got we all have them. Thousands of them are, are volunteering. You know, showing up, serving students. Uh, and they're not the youth pastor, and they're they're taking time off work to come, or they're coming straight from work, uh, and they're volunteering to be small group leaders, and volunteering to run the snack shack, and w- volunteering to run the sound, and so. Um, but so many of them are are so passionate about students, and so, um, like you said, I, I think that this this episode hopefully is an encouragement to not just uh, the youth pastors, but also the youth leaders out there, and so you guys are the real heroes. Uh, Thank you guys for what you do. Uh, Russ, thanks, man. Have have a great time, and everybody be safe on your trips and uh, missions trips, camps, and as you're traveling for vacation. Uh, Appreciate you guys, and we'll talk to you next month.